0: Cheer, cheer, the red and the white. Aussies. And if you try to put up a fight, aye, aye, you'll be long gone with the bloods and we're singing your swan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, footy fans of all ages, welcome to the second episode of the Swans Talk and More. Your 20-minute podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Park, and to quote Eddie McGuire, what a big week it's been in football. So let's get the ball bouncing and see how many goals we can kick tonight. Let's start off with in the news. First off, I would like to talk about what's been in the news. So, the AFL has been and gone and released the new roster for the rest of the season. We've got round 14, the Swans play Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Saturday, the 29th of August at 1.45. That will be a ripper of a game. The fast-moving Swans versus the efficient and deadly Port Adelaide. Let's hope Charlie Dixon doesn't bring the game like he did last night. That'll be really good. Let's work on Geelong's system. Then in round 15, we play Melbourne at Cazaly Stadium our new home ground this will be thursday the 3rd of september at 4:40 p.m. does anyone else have an issue with the changing of times every week week in week out every single night the times are different afl if you are listening just make the times the same every night if you are going to have one game on the night have it at 5:30 till 8 o'clock, and then from 8.10 till 11 o'clock. If you're going to have two games, do it that way. If you're going to have one game, start it at 7.10, and just be done with it. Seriously. Work it out. It's not hard. Make it so the people know what time the games are going to be on. Anyway, getting back to it. Round 16, we play Carlton at Metricon Stadium. Patrick Cripps and the boys will come out firing because I reckon by then it'll be do or die for Carlton on whether they can make the finals. That'll be Tuesday, the 8th of September at 8.10pm. A game worth looking forward to. Round 17, Brisbane. Charlie Cameron and the boys will be at Kazali Stadium, our new home ground, Sunday, the 13th of September at 6.10pm. Notice one thing. Not one game on at the same time. And funnily enough, we play in round 18, Geelong, the Cats. Where? We're unsure yet, but we'll find out soon. Anyway, that's the wrap up of the rest of the season, round 14 to 18. Hopefully, we can get a couple of wins in that time. Yes, and in other news, if you haven't already figured it out, The Swans and Fremantle will be hubbing in Cairns for the remainder of the season. Looks like we'll be a fly-in, fly-out team after all. But let's move on to what everyone's been talking about and wants to hear about. The review of the Swans and the Giants game. What can I say? What an outstanding game. I'd have to say it was one of our best, if not our best game since 2016. The Swans played out of their skin. I haven't seen them move the ball that well since early on in 2016. I wouldn't even say in the finals they played that well, to be honest. They moved the ball crisply, significantly towards their teammates, and I think using the big ground actually helped us a lot. The way they moved the ball through the corridor, they took on the tackler. Hello, James Rowbottom. They just played out of their skin. They played an outstanding defensive brand against an elite, albeit unsure of themselves, midfield, and just genuinely played like a team possessed. We had another debutant in Zach Foot, and he demonstrated that hard work really pays off. Two years on the list, and finally gets a go. Congrats, mate. You deserved it, and a few score assists really helped out with the game. And that mark you took, to kick your first goal, outstanding. Congratulations, Zach. We had Callum Sinclair, who was outstanding, against the old veteran in Jacobs. Sinkers has looked terrific over the past few weeks. I just hope he can continue to play that way. Some interesting stats for you all. We won the disposal by 50, with us winning both the contested and uncontested possessions. Disposal efficiency was an almighty 65% and we kept the Giants to only 50% disposal efficiency. Well done on the defensive pressure swans. Efficiency inside 50 was 54.5%. That is 10% better than our season average and 31% better than the Giants on the day. What an amazing effort put on by Dane Rampey, the midfield, and the defenders with the defensive pressure. And, Will Haywood, your display, while you didn't get many possessions and not many fantasy points, the display you put on was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. A brilliant 1% a game. You sacrificed your own game to make the team better. And that's all we can ask for. And as I predicted in the last podcast, we won the hit-outs. Callum Sinclair was always going to dominate over Sam Jacobs. It's just a pity we can't do that every week. We just need that big, bustling ruckman to help out Cow all the time. But anyway, let's move on to the best players. I'd have to say our Captain Courageous number one, Mr. Dane Rampy, was one of our best players on the night. And I cannot believe he didn't win the Brett Kirk medal. He played out of his skin. His defensive pressure, leadership and drive from the back line was outstanding. Please tell me everyone saw the one-handed. Mind you, on his broken hand mark that he took. That was something to behold and realistically should be a contender for mark of the year in the fact that he did it with a broken hand. Our second best player was Captain Courageous Number 2, Mr. Luke Parker, the Brett Kirk medal winner. 29 disposals, 4 clearances, 21 pressure acts, 466 metres gained, and most importantly, 6 tackles to round out a truly outstanding game. He was terrific and led from the front. Our two captains, since Josh Kennedy has gone down, have been outstanding and you couldn't have asked anything more from them. The next one is the kid who's going to be star, a star, Mr. James Rowbottom. 20 disposals, 445 metres gained, 13 pressure acts, three score involvements and just a downright terrific effort. The way he pushed off Lockie Whitfield, I think it was, and actually ran in, and set up our first goal was amazing. James Rowbottom, you are a future star, a future captain, and I hope you can continue to develop. Well done, mate. Finally, I was worried about the return, but outstandingly surprised of Nick Blakey. This boy, I will freely admit, I was concerned about them bringing him back in. He looked done two weeks ago after they dropped him, He didn't look himself. He was struggling to take marks. He was second-guessing himself around the ground, and he was doing what all players do when they're out of form. He basically dropped his head and looked shot. But he turned it around. One week in the reserves, and Horse knew exactly what he was doing. 500 metres gained, three score involvements, 18 disposals, 15 pressure acts, His kicking was a little wayward early, but as his confidence grew, so did his ability with the ball. Well done, Horse, and the coaching panel, who finally started to play him on the ball and on the wing. This is where he needs to go to develop his skills, his attitude, and ultimately continue to get the ball. The big thing, as Wayne Carey always says, and Matthew Lloyd and any other decent forward, it's really hard to be playing in a key position if your team is struggling. The only way to get them involved is to actually move them up the ground and get the ball in their hands, because that's how they gain confidence back. Keeping them down in the forward line, taking the odd mark, and actually not getting the ball at all doesn't help. So well done to the Swans coaching staff. Anyway, I want to move on to a new segment called The Other Stuff. This segment is about the stuff the media doesn't focus on, doesn't report on, the stuff that doesn't look good and isn't flashy, but without it, teams in the AFL would really struggle. The first other stuff stat we are going to look at is one percenters. According to the AFL website, a one percenter is made up of four different areas, knock-ons, spoils, smothers, and shepherds. We have some outstanding players leading our 1%ers across the club, but currently have two equal leaders. They are our Captain Courageous, Dane Rampy, and the most improved AFL player over the past six weeks, in my opinion, Mr. Robbie Fox. Both players are averaging 5.91%ers per game. The next best is Callum Mills on 39 So well done, to those three players. Lewis Melican. Surprisingly. After just two games. Is up there as well. So well done. To Lewis Melican. On what I would have to say. Was a terrific game last week. I was shocked. That you actually kept your position. Pelican. But. I will have to say. I was wrong. The way you played. The way you handled yourself under pressure. And the way you outbodied And out muscled. The players of the GWS forward line was terrific. It didn't matter who whether you were on, you played well. When you were on Cameron, you played a good job. When you were on Finlayson, you looked like a man possessed. So Lewis Milliken, while this is the other stuff stat and the one percenters, your efforts in that game were outstanding. But you've got a little way to go to catch. Captain Courageous Dane Rampey and the best player of the past six weeks or the most improved player of the past six weeks in Robbie Fox. But let's move on and focus on the good and the bad of the game. The good for the Swans this week was, drumroll please, the kids, put simply, they were outstanding. Bell, Stevens, Blakey, Rowbottom and even Foot. Looked at home playing through the midfield and up in the forward line. I think we are seeing the new bloods coming through. And the world, the football world, is exciting. Bell struggled last year when he got a few chances, but this year has looked all at home. So good, James Bell, that I've actually put you into my fantasy team because I think you are a rising star, son. Dylan Stevens, you are always going to have the talent and the Possession, that's why we picked you up at number five. It's just now about confidence for you, mate. But the way you get in there, the way you tackle, the way you get in and give second, third and fourth efforts is outstanding. Blakey and Rowbottom, I've already spoken about you, so I'm not going to go into any more details. But let it be known that I think you two are the future of our club. You two will be the backbone in years to come after Kennedy... Parker and Rampy are gone. You two will hold the Bloods culture and the Sydney Swans football club in your hands and lift it to new heights. Remember that, and remember that that will be the way it's going to be. And let's focus on Zach Foot. Zach Foot comes in for his first game. He's involved early, and he progresses through the game like a first-year player would or a first-game player, I should say. His involvement was terrific. His understanding and ability to read the play was excellent. But just like Elijah Taylor, he needs to make sure that his defensive pressure stays right throughout the game. He's got a bit to learn, but I'm certain the Swans coaching staff and everyone else involved will be able to continue to work with him to make him a much better player. Now, let's focus on the bad. Hmm. While the game was one of the best since the 2016 year, there is one concern that I think needs to be addressed at the end of the year. And I think it needs to be addressed significantly. And that's our ruck structure. Yes, Robert Carmichael, I am talking about the ruck yet again. I actually think this is one of the biggest issues in in the development of our young midfield. If we do not have a decent tap Ruckman, or a decent Ruckman who can get the ball to our midfield, we will see our midfielders stagnate and stall where they are. We need someone who can actually win the ball from the centre bounce, from the contested bounces, throw-ups around the ground, from the throw-ins. While I love... Callum Sinclair. And I think he has done an outstanding job over the past four seasons as an undermanned ruckman. He's been terrific over the past two weeks, even though he struggled early on in the year and he's been serviceable for a very long time. He is really a forward. We all know it. The coaching staff know it. He's a forward who can help out in the ruck and shouldn't be made to do it all on his own. I know that wasn't the plan. I know the idea was Sam Naismith would be the major ruckman and Callum Sinclair would play it full forward and then help out and they'd do a 50-50 roll. The problem is, and I'm afraid to say it, Sam Naismith was a gamble. He was always going to be a gamble. We have the issues of... Having someone on our list who has played seven games or 30 games in seven years. 30 games in seven years. Seven twos are 140. 30 games out of at least 140. That's not good enough. Horse and the recruiting staff. I hope you are seriously looking at this as an issue and are looking into who you can actually recruit at the end of the season, in the trade period, or through the draft. Let's moving on, and let's preview the next game. We play Fremantle on Saturday the 22nd of August at 18pm, and this won't be an easy match. Fremantle have actually turned their season around in the past six weeks, and actually look quite good. They have a good young midfield, and have proven that they can play Monday and Fife in under other positions. Speaking of Fife... If we stop him in the forward line, it gives us a much better chance of winning. He is their barometer and sets the tone for the way they play. The other person we have to stop is the young gun, Andrew Brayshaw. Mark my words, this kid can play. He will be the dominant Brayshaw within the next 12 months. I guarantee it. However, I am certain if we play to our potential... Like we did in the last game, we'll put up a great effort either way. Swans, I know you can do it, and I am certain we can win if we put our minds to it. Young guns, keep playing the way you are. Leaders, keep focusing on what needs to be done. As usual, we finish off with our comments and questions from our listeners. The first one comes from Brutus Maximus. He wants to know... Where is Gould? Well, Brutus, I can tell you, I would say he's training hard, and I just don't reckon he's there to be a key position player just yet. I think he'll come along, but it could take a little bit longer. It always does when you've got someone of his size and shape coming into the game. Next question comes from Kane Gucci. Should we get Paddy McCartan? In a short answer, if we can get him on a rookie list, yes. If we have to go more than that and trade for him, no. We don't want another injured player, if it is going to be someone we have to actually trade for. But if we can get him cheap and we only have to pay the minimum amount of sixty or 80000 then why not? He could be a good foil for us. Deborah Sherry says, we need a ruck. Debra, totally agree. Listen to a couple of minutes ago, and you'll be able to have my take on it. Randall Norris, like to show, throw a shout out to Randall, because he's a good mate of mine. Am I the only one that is bothered by Blakey's showbating at this early stage of his so far unremarkable career? Randall, I agree, especially for a guy who's actually coming off, being down on form and doing it. But then you look at the players from... Port Adelaide from Richmond and all those young guys that are in the league they all do it and sadly I just think it's becoming a part of what we actually think and what we actually feel and how we actually act in society now showboating is the way and sadly I just think it's a change of times so mate while I agree with you I don't think we'll be able to stop it anytime soon James Yerbury, have the coaches consciously thrown out the defensive game plan and had a crack at something much more aggressive and exciting? Simple answer, James. Yes, they have. And how good does it look? They're using the corridor. They're going up through the middle. They're taking on the tacklers. They're actually moving the ball quick. They're actually allowing people to play the way they want to play. And they're still running with a strong defensive pressure. So... Yes, James, I think they have consciously thrown out the old defensive game plan and moved on, and I'm so glad we have. Our next question comes from Rhonda Mullen, and she asks, do you think Paddlebum, a.k.a. James Rowbottom, is the next up-and-coming Paul Kelly? Well, Rhonda, no one will ever replace Paul Kelly, but I can tell you now, this boy, this young man, This footballer is going to go very, very close to being as good as Paul Kelly. If he can continue to develop in the way that he has, he will be someone who actually stands up and is counted as a long-term Swans player. I hope that wraps it up for you, and I agree that he is going to be a star. Our last question comes from Shireen Daly, or comment actually this one is, and it says Stephen, there has been a real focus on Tom Papley's ability to consistently kick goals each week. Last night, although he never kicked a goal, he had a huge impact by his hardness in the contest and creating opportunities for fellow teammates to generate goals as a result. I thought his game and efforts were brilliant and hopefully shut up the critics from last week. Shireen, I think you're actually right, and I hope, beyond hope, that he is actually given the plundance that he actually deserves. He is a star. His one percenters in the last game were outstanding, and just because he didn't kick a goal doesn't mean anything. So hopefully that wraps up our chat for tonight. You've enjoyed the conversation. If you can, please leave your comments in the section below. And remember, cheer, cheer, the red and the white. Go Bloods, and see you next week. Cheer, cheer, the red and the white.